0: There have always been conspiracy theories. The moon landings were fake, Elvis is
1: alive, Paul is dead.
0: That was false. That was baseless speculation that was then shared by numerous conservative news outlets.
1: Jerry Fletcher Just has theories. The whole Vietnam War was fought over a bet that Howard Hughes lost oh to Aristotle Onassis. The conspiracy theory of the stolen election of 2020 Conspiracy theories have exploded online during the pandemic. Conspiracy theories pushed by the online movement. Can you prove any of this?
0: Absolutely not. I'm glad you mentioned that baseless conspiracy. Pedals conspiracies and lies. Several conspiracy theories targeted former Vice President Joe Biden. More and more conspiracy theories are beginning to take root in the minds of voters.
1: Some would call his theories crazy. You're telling me that NASA is going to kill the president of the United States with an earthquake.
0: Some of them are just plain nuts. Other conspiracy theories are entirely reasonable, but they all have one thing in common. They all begin with a lack of information and unanswered questions. And on Tuesday, government officials in Wyoming set the stage for a big one. We've got lots to do. Come on, let's go. Foil hat on my friends now I know what you're saying I can already hear it well that stuff's not real uh, except of course when it is and Wyoming government officials did it intentionally they are either monumentally stupid or sly like a fox depending on how you look at it they could be both either way they're definitely not interested in the truth Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another installment of Weekend Update. From high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson. Firmly ensconced behind yet another brand new silver Cowboy State Politics Microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Speaking of conspiracy theories... There is one concerning the Cowboy State Politics microphone. You see, my friends, I just couldn't resist buying yet another silver microphone. But the question is, does he really have a silver Cowboy State Politics microphone? Yes, in fact, I do, my friends, and this one is so highly polished that I can see my reflection in its mirror-like surface. And as you can already hear, it is so clear and pure that not even the redcoats can stop the truth that this thing is transmitting to you over the interwebs. As you can tell, I'm pretty excited about it. So I thought, what better way to break this puppy in than to talk about... A conspiracy theory that's just now getting started. Well, really, it's been brewing for quite some time over in Park County. But now, the kickoff party is over and we're off to the races. If you remember, my friends, several months ago, we did a story about a request from the Park County Republican Men's Club to inspect the ballots from the 2020 election. This was big news when it happened. The Pravda on the Platte, the cow pie, and the Wyoming turkey vulture went nuts saying how these guys at the Republican Men's Club were just off their rocker to even suggest that there may have been problems with the 2020 election. I mean, honestly, who in their right mind even thinks that there was any voter fraud whatsoever in the 2020 election? I mean, we were told over and over and over that this is the most secure election in our nation's history. Yeah, like this. I think it is safe to say this is the most secure election we've ever held in the United States.
1: Christopher Krebs, who was the country's top cybersecurity official on election day, told a Senate panel this presidential election was the most secure in U.S. history.
0: As far as everyone who works in this space, everyone who's a committed professional to elections, uh, this was the safest election we've ever had and the most secure election we've ever had. The most secure in American history.
1: The U.S. Department of Homeland Security has described the recent presidential elections as the most secure in the history of the country.
0: The 2020 U.S. presidential election was the most secure in American history, according to a coalition of top U.S. election officials on Thursday local time. Well, I'm totally convinced. Aren't you? The problem is that everything I just played for you came from news reports in the week directly following the 2020 presidential election. So the question remains, how did all of those people you just listened to know that this was the most secure election in our nation's history? They didn't, and they couldn't have. Not enough time had passed. A couple of those news reports were from two days after the election. At that time, several states were still counting ballots. So what happened is critical people, just like me, listened to stuff like that and said, now hold on a second, how is it that you know this was the most secure election in our nation's history? And then it was crickets. And all that did was just fuel speculation as to whether or not the election was secure at all. The only thing elections officials did was just keep repeating that the election was secure. As you might imagine, that had exactly the opposite of its intended effect. For the purposes of today's discussion, whether or not the 2020 election was secure is absolutely irrelevant. That's not my point, and I'm really not going to talk about it. Well, not today, anyway. What I do want to talk to you about is how conspiracy theories get started, and we'll do that after a little egregious (laughs) self-aggrandizement. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps. iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, CowboyStatePolitics.com. There you can find all of the shows as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If your name is Sleepy Joe Biden and you're dumb as a box of rocks, well, you can have one of your staff members go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, so perhaps maybe they can educate you i'm not really all that optimistic about that new episodes of the program are published every monday wednesday and saturday morning and don't forget about the thursday live program beginning every thursday at 10 a.m you can find the live stream link at cowboystatepolitics.com or on the Cowboys state politics facebook page today's program is brought to you in part by morton buildings If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or maybe even a giant warehouse for your business, then you need to call Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings, 307-674-2532. These two guys are the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't matter what type of metal structure you've been thinking about. Give Nick and Jesse a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532. Or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. It's 8.50 on a Saturday morning. And you know what's on my mind? Hot wings. Hot wings from the Wing It food truck. They make the most amazing wings in the state of Wyoming. And it's not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. They're incredible. Now, how you can figure out where that truck is going to be is go to CowboysStatePolitics.com and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you'll find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It food truck. And now... Back to the program. The way that conspiracy theories get started is somebody asks a question about something and they're not given a satisfactory answer. Now, of course, we have to make allowances that maybe the answer they're looking for doesn't exist, but still, they're not satisfied with it. And so, because we humans have such incredible imaginations, we come up with an explanation that happens to fit our question. Let me give you a perfect example. Through a Freedom of Information Act request, Cowboy State Politics was able to obtain the contract or at least a list of questions from the state of Wyoming to ES&S that's the company that makes our voting machines well they're actually not voting machines they're more like tabulation machines but you get the point so when the FOIA request was complied with what was received was a list of questions submitted to ES&S and then of course they replied to them But there were whole sections that were redacted out of the questions and all of them related to whether or not these tabulation machines had modems in there or were capable of being connected to the internet. All of those sections were redacted. But that's not all that unreasonable and here's why. We don't want all of the information as to exactly how the tabulation machines operate publicly available because they could be hacked if it was found out that all of these machines did have a modem in them. But the problem with the FOIA request is not that there were sections that were redacted, it was there was no explanation as to why. And so, when I opened the envelope, all I got was a list of questions and a whole bunch of black spots on them. There's a couple of ways that you could explain why there were sections redacted out of it. One of which could be as simple as, sorry, can't release that information. Or another possible explanation is they don't want us to know, and they're just not going to answer. Guess which one of those allows imaginations to run wild? Now, I don't know what the real answer is, and frankly, it's kind of irrelevant to the discussion. My point is that had there been a letter included as to, as to explain why things were redacted from those questions well that would have solved the mystery right there now there still would have been questions remaining okay why can't we see that information but at the very least an explanation would have moved the conversation forward but instead crickets for quite some time the park county republican men's club has been trying to get the county commissioners and the county attorney and the secretary of state to agree to a hand count of the 2020 election in Park County and compare that to the results that the ESNS and machine spit out. To make a long story short, they've been told no. This past week, Park County officials did something that is in no way going to help this situation. In fact, it's going to do exactly the opposite. Pretty much what I just spent the last 10 minutes explaining to you. One of the guys that's been spearheading, or at least intimately involved in this whole operation, is Boone Tidwell. We first spoke to him several months ago on the program. I had a chance to visit with him yesterday. Here's our conversation. One of the reasons that conspiracy theories get started is a lack of information, and it always starts with the question of why. Why did something happen? And then the very next thing that happens is there's a request for information And then that that request is denied. And so the conspiracy theory is born. Because of a lack of information, people come up with all manner of, of explanations as to why things happened the way that they did. And because there's a lack of information, that conspiracy grows. Now, there's one brewing in Park County right now. And actually, it's kind of been brewing for a while. But up until now, the whole lack of information part hasn't kicked in. To discuss it with me is Boone Tidwell from Park County. Welcome back to the program, Boone. Thank you, David. Pleasure to be here, buddy. Well, first, let me start here. So for a long time, the Park County Republican Men's Club, who I guess now calls themselves the Sons of Liberty.
1: They are back to Park County Republican Men's Club. They have, I believe, if I understand it correctly, they've dropped the, uh, that other option.
0: Okay. All right. Well, it's hard to keep up with those guys. <laughs> well, anyway, for a long time, they've been trying to get a recount of a the 2020 election ballots in Park County, and they've been met with, at the very least, resistance. But you've had a development this week. And so, Boone, I thought I'd have you on and you, and we could talk about it and what that development means. So why don't you go ahead and fill us in on what's been going on?
1: All right. Well, let me uh, I'll, I'll just give you a real quick background, David, back, um, you know, prior prior to the midterm um, and after the, the last election, um, I was approached by a, a multitude of people, friends, uh, people I know uh, that were telling me basically, hey, I I don't trust the machines. I don't trust the voting machines. I'm not going to vote. And I said, well, that's that's wrong, man. I mean, voting is important. What are your concerns? And their concerns were obviously what everybody discusses if you do research into that: uh, is the machine tally uh, uh, accurate with the the paper ballots? And so uh, I said, well, there's there's a way to find out. Uh, let's go approach the county commissioners about doing a hand count. We originally approached them, David, back in April of this year. And that initial approach, uh, we had a meeting with the county commissioners. Uh, we aired the grievance. We have people that are highly concerned about the integrity of the machines, quoted our constitutional authority. Uh, I believe we a- actually discussed their oaths of office with them and asked that we be able to do a hand count. Our original request was for the 2022 midterm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was in April. And then uh, and we laid it all out to him. This is our grievance. This is our authority. And this is our demand. This is what we would like to do. And uh, I think it was in May. So th- that was early April. In May, uh, they came back uh, and basically told us uh, that statute does not allow for us to hand count the ballots. Request and- denied. <laughs> Request denied. And at that particular meeting where they denied us the opportunity to hand count the 2022 election, and I believe it was Lee Livingston, County Commissioner Lee Livingston, uh, made the offer to allow us to count the 2020 ballots. We, we agreed at that time, we said that would be acceptable. And then I'll give you a little more background on that. You know, I'm 20 years retired law enforcement out of California, uh, been a, an investigator for 45 years of my life. Uh, currently, do that, and so I thought. Well, there's an easy way to put this question to bed. We have the the paper ballots from the 2020 election, and then we have the. Uh, I'm just going to call it a USB. I'm not acutely familiar with it, but there's the the mechanism from the machine that also that comes up with the total. Right. So, as a lifelong investigator, I'm of the mind that hey, I have a piece of physical evidence here that can alleviate the concerns of the people that didn't want to vote. And more importantly, everybody that we spoke to, the all our elected officials and anybody engaged in the election process kept telling us, hey, these machines are impeccable. They're perfect. And I said, okay, well, we can prove that. Okay, hold on just a second, Boone. Now, if just to
0: remind everybody, then Secretary of State Ed Buchanan traveled the state and he, he hit just about every Republican central committee in every county, and his thesis was there is no there is nothing wrong with elections in Wyoming. There's nothing wrong with the uh, the tabulation machines. Nothing at all to see here. And he made it very very clear. I'm sorry, Boone. Go ahead and continue.
1: No, I mean and you're right, and I'm aware of that. As a matter of fact, that our very fir- I think it was our very first meeting. That we had with the county commissioners. Interestingly, we had gone to Hans Otto, who's our election guy here in Park County. Uh, uh, So, you know, prior to this meeting with the county commissioners and we had said we told him what we were trying to do. He explained to us the machinery again. And, I'm, and my explanation is simple, David. I'm 68 years old. I'm not a technical goob. You could sit down with me for eight hours and explain this stuff to me, and I really have no idea whether you're telling me the truth or not. I don't know. I don't understand that technology. But on the other side of that coin, based on my background, I do have a piece of physical evidence right here in front of us that would prove or disprove that. And that would be comparing the machine count to the, to the ballots from 2020. Mm-hmm. We actually reached out in in the process prior to going to the county commissioners, we reached out to all the high schools, uh, including Matizzi. We went to the principals, uh, we talked to the government classes and we engaged all of those students that wanted to participate and had them do a mock vote on the 2020 election so that we could sit down in a room, we did this at the Grizzly Room uh, at the library and see what would it actually take time-wise, personnel-wise, to hand count ballots. So we went through that entire mechanism and, uh, you know, made a determination, I can't remember what it was, uh, you know, like a minute and a half to count ballots. Uh, But we came up with a time frame, uh, number of personnel that we would need to use in order to do that. And uh, we asked Hans if he would come to the meeting with us. He said he had some training down in, uh, in Cheyenne and, Lo and behold, when we had the meeting with uh, the county commissioners, Ed Buchanan came on on a Zoom call during that meeting, and at his right hand was Hans Otto, (laughs) which we we thought was, you know, and and we'll talk about this a number of times, little things that are somewhat glaring. I I don't know that he gave us an answer, but basically said he didn't think we could. The county commission decided they would hand that off to Brian Scorick, the county attorney, another elected guy. And so uh, it's important that people understand that we had clarified during that first meeting uh, the Supreme Court decision on Marbury versus Madison, which essentially says that any law that's repugnant to the Constitution is null and void, and no law at all. So we didn't feel at any point that a statute could trump our right to a pure and fair election under Article Six, Section Thirteen. That is in our in our Wyoming Constitution more importantly david is we we got massive pushback on this massive pushback and it came from every elected official and you know most of the people that were engaged in the election process at your mock election um Mm -hmm. i thought i heard that the governor showed up he did he came into the grizzly room that's interesting that you mentioned that he was here for some other function uh but but he was running at the time And we had just probably completed uh, a couple of different uh, pass-throughs on the ballots uh, trying to understand the best way to count. Is it better with one person or two or three? Or, you know, how are we going to make this transparent? We wanted to live stream it. We wanted everybody to watch. We didn't care whether you were Democrat, Republican, Independent what we were trying to do is clear up the anxiety of i i don't trust the machines and it seemed like a real simple thing for us to do based on that physical evidence he had come into the room uh, asked what we were doing uh, we we explained everything and his comment to us at that time was good luck so that that's where we went with that
0: so and just to just to kind of recap for everybody you know, while this whole scenario was going on, their recount with the high school students, the governor showing up, there was a lot of press, um, both in the Casper Star and in the cow pie. And some, most of it was negative. Uh, most of it was, you guys are a bunch of nutcases, and how dare you think there was something wrong with the 2020 election. It, now we're, what, six, eight months removed from that. And right. so... And, you know, we'll get to what what has recently happened here in just a second, Uh, but it's important to remember, like how much scrutiny there was on just a simple request to compare the machine count to the paper ballots.
1: And interestingly, David, is that because we got this immediate pushback it, it was puzzling right out the gate to me like why you're telling me that these machines are impeccable they're perfect i'm telling you that we have a very simple way to put this thing to bed in a day or two and nobody wanted to allow us access to the paper ballots
0: hence the beginning of the conspiracy
1: theory you're correct and you you made mention on the pushback i think al simpson was the first guy to come out immediately after our first meeting and say First of all, who the hell are these guys? And secondly, uh, how dare we question the election? Okay, flag number two. we can, We'll get to number 20 here shortly. I don't know how many I'm going to give you, but.
0: There's a lot of them.
1: Uh, you know, the question was why? You're telling me it's perfect. Let's go prove it. Let's, let's relieve the anxiety of these people that are telling us, hey, we're not going to vote on the machines. In my mind, they're being disfranchised. And so I'm like, well, th- this should be a simple thing. Let's just compare the paper to the deal. Uh, there was a lot of fear pouring out about it. Uh, you know, I don't want you to know how I voted. Well, I've been voting here for 18 years, but my name's not on my ballot. Uh, there's nothing to identify that that belonged to Boone Tidwell. And uh, anyway, that just kept, it kept going and going and a lot of pushback. And we had a their initial meeting was in April in May, I believe, I think it's May 17th or something, uh, they got an opinion from the attorney general uh, basically saying that the law doesn't allow us to to hand count the ballots. We kept reiterating that our constitutional right, we believe our constitutional right does allow that for, for various reasons.
0: Now, let's just be clear here, Boone. The statute does not specifically say you can't hand count the ballots, or that later on the ballots can't be verified. It doesn't say anything like that. But what it does say is for the election tabulation machines or the ESNS machines um, have to be used. And I don't think it mentions the company in the statute. But, but what what you were requesting is not specifically prohibited by the statute. They were giving you a legal opinion of the statute.
1: Correct. And we rebutted that with Article 6, Section 13, our right to appear in fair election and, a, and the legislature's obligation to guard against abuses of the elective franchise. We'll finish up our conversation with Boone Tidwell in
0: just a second. But first, a completely obscene profit timeout. This segment of the program is brought to you by the Buffalo Wool Company. Do you like having cold feet? I know that your fiance doesn't. Actually, the feet I'm talking about are the ones that you put your shoes on. And nothing's worse than those things being frozen. A way that you can prevent that is socks from the Buffalo Wool Company. I'm telling you, my friends, I've never had a warmer sock. They're even better than my pair of Pendleton wool socks, and I thought those things were great. What you should do is go to their website. It's thebuffalowoolco.com and order you some of the most amazingly warm socks that you're going to find. That's the Buffalo Wool Company. And on the other end of your body, if you don't like it when your ears are cold, as they're most likely going to be when you're outside shoveling all that white crap off of your porch, then you should check out newtrendhats.com. They have a wide variety of hats for both men and women, and they're guaranteed to keep the top of your head nice and cuddly warm. Do your ears a favor. Go to newtrendhats.com and get you something to keep the top of that head of yours nice and warm. Don't forget about the Thursday live program beginning at 10 a.m. You can find the link at cowboystatepolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. And now, the conclusion to our program.
1: Now, I need to make a distinction here, David. The, that conversation regarding statutes and elections refer to and deal with either an ongoing or an upcoming election. Okay. So I have to make a distinction right now between that uh, environment and the 2020 ballots. Okay. And and I'm going to make this, see if I can make this clear to you. In regards to an election, I understand their statutes. I understand there's a mechanism for that and their perceived protections, whatever. I understand that. But when we go back to the 2020 ballots, this is a a bygone election. okay? And in my mind, as a 45-year investigator, it's a completely separate scenario. Now we're talking about maybe there was fraud let's talk about this if there was in fact fraud in the 2020 election and nobody was saying there was uh we were saying we needed to prove or disprove that fact we're talking about uh, the possibility of a criminal issue okay that never did we ever say we want to change 2020 we want to do anything with 2020 other than decide or make the determination whether the machine Uh, count was identical to the hand count, and, and then put that anxiety to bed. Like any criminal investigation, there's that allegation. Law enforcement does whatever they do as far as an investigation, and if they determine that there's a possibility of fraud, they would continue to pursue that. If in the process of their investigation, they make the determination that there's no identifiable fraud, they would simply terminate the investigation. No further action required, correct? Correct. And so in my mind, and, you know, one of my concerns, David, is that they were going to destroy the 2020 ballots. And as a, a lifelong investigator, that's the only piece of evidence available to anybody that could prove or disprove that. And so we reached out to Sheriff Scott Stewart and asked for a meeting with him. He met with several of us out at the annex in Powell. And I had asked him at that point to open up, let's open up a criminal investigation into the 2020 election uh, regarding the machines and the, and the and the paper ballots so that we can make sure that those ballots are not destroyed. Uh, if he had opened up an investigation, in, in my mind, uh, it would have secured that evidence. Right. His initial response to us was that he wouldn't even know where to start with that. Then he was asking questions: "Who's the victim? What's your evidence?" Uh, blah blah blah. And, and I'm thinking, well, that's kind of your job. We're making we're making this complaint, and as a law enforcement officer. I would expect you would go acquire the evidence necessary, which we told you is the paper ballots and the USB drive or whatever that is. And, and then and then you guys can make the determination. You guys decide whether there was fraud or not. But we got immediate pushback from the sheriff. Didn't want to open the investigation. Uh, didn't want to pursue that venue. Now, I, I think that's wrong on a multitude of levels. Law enforcement should be uh, uh, unbiased on all occasions, you know. If you tell you you allege a crime to me, I have an obligation as a peace officer to go investigate that allegation.
0: Well, let me just give our listeners a, a perfect example. Uh, just the other day, um, day before yesterday, actually, I had to te- go testify in a court case, and the reason for it is one of my recordings of a city council meeting was subpoenaed because I recorded an incident that happened there, and you know, yes, it was my property. But when it became known that that recording existed, the recording and me were subpoenaed. One of the results of that is I couldn't do anything to the, to the recording except turn it over. So they, they preserved that piece of evidence for the trial. And that's the only thing that you were asking for of the uh, Park County Sheriff, right?
1: That was all. I wanted the ballots secured, and let me let me go back, David. We had been told uh, after we initially started this conversation, uh, and I think it was because there was an interim attorney general or secretary of state—I don't know what it was—secretary of state. Okay, that all all 23 counties had agreed that they would not destroy the 2020 ballots. There's there's a time frame to hold on to those until December 8th. And that was yesterday. And that was the conversation through this entire discussion. We had uh, two sit down meetings with the county commissioners, communication with the sheriff, communication with other county uh, uh, commissioners uh, to try and move this forward. And it was just pushed back from the get go. So the, the sheriff never opened an investigation, uh, never did anything to try and secure what, I, I'm just simply calling physical evidence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in my mind, in my background, it's physical evidence. It can prove or disprove that allegation.
0: Did you find like an official email or something from the secretary of state that says December 8th is the day?
1: No, sir. It was a conversation. It was what, you know, we, we called constantly, you know, we were always trying to track the ballots. Okay. And so from, I think right out the gate, we were told that they would not destroy those ballots until December 8th. So we kind of geared everything to that time frame. Okay. We tried to go on Speak Your Peace uh, so that we could clarify and, and, and diffuse some of the fear porn, uh, put facts on the table, explain it as we're explaining it now. Uh, it's a simple thing to deal with. It's a simple thing to investigate, a simple thing to put to bed. We do a hand count on the 2020 ballots. We compare it to the machine count, and then we have an answer. OK, uh, at the meeting where they denied this, uh, the county attorney, Brian Skorik, made the statement that the machines are going to do what the machines are told to do. And he also said to me, he said, Boone, you know, the hand count will be different than the machine count. And my response to him was, you know, that that's possible, Brian. But is it five or is it 5,000? Correct only wanted one way to figure that out that's kind of where we went we've been trying to get meetings with these people we've been trying to push this uh to no avail all right and so we had with the december 8th date in mind uh we had set one last meeting with Dosie overfield from the county commissioners uh, to essentially give them one more opportunity, David. <laughs> you know, give me one more chance, guys. We we really can put this to bed. We can resolve this whole issue. We could have done it back in April, but we we, we wanted to give them one more opportunity to allow us to hand count the 2020 ballots and do that comparison. In,
0: in, in situations like this, Boone, I mean, the, the road that you guys were on, I mean, if, if it were any other group of people, you'd be headed headed towards a court filing to prevent the destruction of those ballots. I mean this is I mean this is the trend line of just about any other comparable situation. You know yeah. you've you've got a date, you think they're going to destroy the ballots, you go to the county commissioners, give them one more chance and then what happened?
1: Well, we had in my I work with Larry French, who's a friend of mine, he's a member of the the, the GOP men's club. I called Larry the morning the 8th yesterday, said, Larry, listen, I don't know that we're going to accomplish anything if we have our meeting with uh, Dosie Overfield. Uh, They're obviously pretty set in in how they feel about this. But I said, why don't you call down there and talk to Dosie Overfield? If in fact the ballots are, are available, let's just give them one more chance. Let's just ask them one more time to allow us to try and put this thing to bed. So Larry called down to the commissioner's office and was told in that conversation that they had shredded the ballots on the 6th of December.
0: Now, wait a minute. That's not the 8th. Like the, you guys were told. No, sir. It was not. Why, why did they shred the ballots on the 6th, man?
1: I, I can't comment on it. They didn't give a reason, but again, another red flag. Okay. So, so in my mind, what they, what they did is they destroyed any possibility for us to prove or disprove what what we're talking about there's there now there is zero no way for us to determine whether that was in fact a valid election or not
0: and they've destroyed their ability to prove
1: that it was and, and this is the big, this was the big question from everybody that I spoke to david everybody there's a, a lot of people were aware of what we were trying to do the whole state was whole state some people you know because you know we we did that through the park county gop men's club uh they they were constantly in communication with our park county central committee who was in communication with the state committees okay everybody knew what we were trying to do anyway so now now there's nothing there's no we we have no ability now ever to prove or disprove whether that's a, a valid vote or not uh, and again, I want to reiterate, we, we, we had no intention of having any effect on the 2020 election. Our sole purpose was to prove or disprove the fact uh, that they were saying the machines were perfect. You know, a, a, as a lifelong investigator, you know, if you're innocent of something, David, you're going to give me every bit of information that I need to make sure that I understand that you're not culpable. Right. On the other side of the coin if you don't want me to see something you're going to do everything you can to make sure i don't do that so you know just in a basic sense of right and wrong the puzzle with everybody and everybody i talked to that said why don't they want you to look why don't they want to prove these are right or wrong it's a big question david and now it can never be answered
0: right and this is and this is the very reason why i started our conversation talking about conspiracy theories because You guys were trying to do one of two things, either prove that everything was was copacetic with the tabulation machines or to prove that there was a problem. And the way that you do that is compare the the hand count to the uh, the machine count. But now that's not possible. And, And any possible avenue for proving it either way has been destroyed. And so now the question remains, why did they do that? And you'll never right. get it. You'll never get an answer to that.
1: No. And what what, what we explained to him, David, is uh, let, let's be hypothetical. Let's say that we found that there was a 5,000 vote error or, or, or made that determination. It, it would have no effect on 2020, but it would certainly give us information moving forward into the midterms in 2022 and 2023, we would be a little more uh, discerning and a little more engaged in that process and hopefully fix the the issues in the future, uh, resolve the anxiety of the people that didn't have faith in those votes, take steps to correct any problems. And now that is forever gone. The, that evidence has been destroyed by the county, by our elected officials.
0: And I think there's another element at play here that we haven't touched on in our conversation. I mean, Boone, your expertise is investigations, right? Right. figuring out why things happen. My expertise happens to be in politics. One of the big things that worked pretty well for the Redcoats and the Democrats in this last election was to call all of us election deniers. I mean, you heard it all the time. I mean, it was repeated almost on a loop from everybody who is not a conservative so now they've solidified a situation to where they know that people that are perhaps in your group or people that were following what was happening in park county will always say well we don't know what happened with the 2020 election and now for forever they've got a guaranteed source of what they'll turn what they'll call election deniers
1: it's, it's interesting, David, because never, ever, ever did we question the vote. We questioned the mechanism. We questioned, it, 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 in my world, honestly, David, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a registered Republican. I'm a conservative. But I'm, you know, I, I can't tell you whether either side of that equation has ever been any done anything beneficial for me in my lifetime. Uh, frankly, I'd vote for a Democrat if he uh, represented my wishes and followed the Constitution. I don't care if he was better than somebody else. So the the whole issue here is simple: we had a piece of physical evidence available to us that could have proven their statement that their machines were impeccable, and nobody wanted us to look.
0: Hence the birth of a conspiracy theory, my friend. So there you have it. There's absolutely no way to prove, one way or another, at least in Park County, whether the ES machines were accurate or if they weren't, or if they operate perfectly, or if they don't. There's no way to prove it either way. What you should take from all of this is to continue questioning. Why were those ballots destroyed two days ahead of when they told everybody else that they were going to do that? Why did they do that? But what you shouldn't do is start conjecturing as to the reason behind it, because you don't have an answer to that, and you never will. Most likely, at least in my opinion, is this whole thing is a political setup. you got to admit, calling everybody election deniers worked pretty well in the 2022 election, why wouldn't it work that way in the 2024 election? It would. So just don't engage in their game. Just don't make up your own answers to those questions and contribute to what they are most definitely going to call a conspiracy theory. That'll do it for today's installment of Weekend Update. Have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. I'm David Iverson and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.